Hello, and welcome to Control Escape, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the entire menu of top Africans in all areas of technology, with the aim of encouraging and motivating other Africans venturing into the growing landscape. Join me on this epic journey of discovery, adventure, and first-hand experience. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Journey Series on Control Escape. I'm yours truly, Samuel Adrani, and today we have someone who was once my teacher, my boss, a mentor, and now a friend. I have with me here the director for NIIT Ghana, Mr. Yao Amwati. Welcome. Thank you, Sami. Good to see you. It's finally happening. Yep. <laughs> it's been a long journey. Yeah, but... We, we're here now. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I can promise you that this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation because myself and Yao, we go way back, you know, from being a student in this class. I remember, um, and let me just take this opportunity, you know, just tell a very short story. So I remember I was in Yao's database class. Okay. And then in NIT, SQL Server or SQL was like, Apparently, one of the hardest... Yeah, a, lot, hardest a lot of students didn't like it. It was like the <laughs> hardest. And I told myself, no, I mean, some people have done it. You know, what could be... And I, I must say that, yeah, you know, you were very instrumental in letting us understand the importance and the benefits of, you know, how SQL databases. And I think a lot of people actually research SQL, but I wrote it once and passed. I was like, I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. Nice to have you. Nice yeah. to have you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot for that. And I'm glad that it all worked out. I've met a few of the people who are in your class and I've seen some of the amazing things most of them are doing with especially database. Although there were other things like Java and all of that. But I think that one of the difficult programs or subjects at the time for most students, and this we're talking about like 10 plus years yeah, ago. Yeah, 10 plus years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was SQL, Microsoft SQL. Um, server and then I think uh, C++ was also quite yep. a challenge for quite yep. a number of people at the time. Uh, VB was I think the coolest. coolest yes. <laughs> because then we got to have a lot of drag, drag and drop UI yeah. team, so we're not really yeah. bothered about that. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So yeah. Um, eventually most of the students preferred Java than C++ as yeah. they progress and I think that one of the things that a lot of people didn't quite like that time or didn't quite appreciate it was Visual C++. Mm -hmm. I still don't know why it was like that, but I feel that probably maybe we're not teaching it the right way. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, Yeah, that could have been the reason. Awesome, awesome. Um, Yeah, that's, I mean, I I told you, this is just a wonderful evening to get it started. We're not even into the interview yet (laughs) and you can... You can feel the, you know, the memories and reminiscing all that's going on. Cool. So, I mean, I know who, you know, who Yao is, but to the, you know, benefit of our listeners, just tell us who Yao is. Nana Yao wanting, or as we call him, Star. Well, um, I'm a Ghanaian. Lived in Ghana for almost my entire life. <laughs> Apart from a few, should I say, months uh, that I went to college and all, but pretty much been in the tech space. I started working much, much early, like one year after high school or something like that. So I started working one year into my studies at NIT. Before then, I was working with uh, a company, Cutting Edge Ghana Limited, if I still remember the name. It was uh, around the industrial area. I was a sales guy. Oh, My role was to sell Sophos antivirus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it was the time that internet cafes were booming you yeah, know they were picking up yeah. and so i was supposed to be selling surface antivirus to these internet cafes and my territory was from achimota all the way to accra mm-hmm. like on the main stretch the, the street from circle achimota through circle to accra and so you go to the office and they give you some stipend for the week and i have to walk so i mean it wasn't much and because i also wanted to save a bit of the money so if i go to the office at the industrial area around of kaneshi then i walk through to come to circle mm. and then i pick you know my internet cafes Cafes, along the line and I walk I could do the walk all the way to Accra Accra, and then you know back to base you report and then you go home so I've done that for a while I realized that I was not selling any you know (laughs) you are giving the CDs and you go around trying to convince 
these cafes to, to buy. buy. Yeah. And it was quite pricey. It was almost then in the old currency, mm. it was almost 1 million wow. Ghana That's cities. a lot of money. Yeah, at the times, which now will be like 100 Ghana cities. And so you go to the cafes and you talk to them about it. They seem to like the idea. But once the money bit comes, comes in, in. Yeah. they look at you differently, you know. I've done that for a while. And it's like nobody was buying. So I had this fear that, look, if I don't quit this job, mm. probably one day I'll be fired. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the sales are not coming in. Yeah. No, I mean, I felt bad because the company is giving me this stipend. We're not mm. being paid, paid. but okay. you are giving this like for your transportation for the week, you know? And I felt like, look, they are constantly giving me this money, but I'm not bringing anything in return. And it's like, every time you come back to the office, you are telling a story, why it yeah. didn't happen and all that. But I was still a student. I was a okay. student in NIT. I think about a year into, I was doing a two-year diploma mm. in software engineering. So a year into my diploma, I saw an advert at close from school. I was going home and I saw on the notice board the school was looking to hire interns. Mm. You know, to we call them faculty, faculty assistants, yeah. faculty assistants. Yeah. So yeah. to help with you know the software engineering trainers. You know, as they go to class, you need somebody who would help students when they are doing their project work mm-hmm. and things like that. So I have. A good friend of mine who was already in here, working here, we, we, he's no popularly known as Sky, you know, <laughs> Robert Nettie. Yeah. So I reached out to Robert and said, he was my classmate. So I was like, hey, I saw the advert and uh, what do you think about it? It's, it's cool because you are in there. He was like, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. You learn a lot. So if you want to apply, go for it. That for me was the defining moment. So I put in my application, got a job as an intent. And if I could remember, it's like... 650,000 cities, which mm. is now uh, 65, 65 Ghana, Ghana cities. cities. Yeah. yeah. So that was my starting salary. <laughs> <laughs> and the money wasn't enough. So, yeah. I mean, I've done, I've worked like several from Seiko to mm. Kamishi because I lived at Nyamicha so okay. with my uh, foster dad and the wife, uh, Reverend Ai. So I wanted to save some money. So when I close, I want to pick the trout trout just once. <laughs> so instead of picking from Seiko to Kaneshi, Kaneshi to Odokord and walk to the house, I'll walk from Seiko to Kaneshi, then just pick, you know, uh, the trout trout just once to Odokord and from yeah, there I'm heading home. And so one afternoon I was asleep when, I don't know how my foster dad got to know, I think I might have told um, his wife, he came to wake me up that what is he hearing that I've been walking all the way to Kanishi. <laughs> if I don't stop that thing, don't I know that I'll fall sick, you know? So that, that for me crushed that idea. Yeah, so I came in as, a, as an intern, everything else happened after that. So before I got to meet some of you, I graduated from being an intern okay. to become okay. a substantive software engineering yeah. trainer. And then, you know, I moved through the ranks. Um, I want to believe that by proving myself also with the support of my superiors and the bosses I had at the time. So along the line, I became the group leader. Group leader is more like department head. So I was heading the software engineering department. And then I did that for, I don't remember, like for for almost four years. Then I left for college, then came back and I had the opportunity to again, be an acting manager, mm. like an intern yeah. for um, our Tema office, because the manager yeah. then had traveled. So all our managers used to, like we were all experts. Mm. So I had to just step in briefly for the manager till he comes back. But along the line, I think six months into it, I got the feedback that he was not going to come back. That's where I got my confirmation to become, you know, the first Ghanaian manager, manager mm. in the company. And other things followed from there. Two years into that, I got the opportunity to move to Kumasi. Kumasi is our second largest Largest, office apart from outside of Accra. And so I moved to Kumasi as a senior manager. And a few years into Kumasi, I was given additional responsibilities we call uh, delivery information systems. So I was responsible for the Kumasi office, Takradi, NIT, and Tamale NIT. So my life was in that triangle, <laughs> like <laughs> all the way to the south from the center yeah. and then all the way to the north. Wow. You know, so I did that for, I think, um, almost like two years. And then I got an SMS. I think it was a WhatsApp message uh, sometime in December 2015 from my CEO asking that, you know, 
I need to prepare and move back to Accra. Mm. And so I was like, my first question was, when? That was after how many years? Um, I was in Kumasi for five years. Five years. So I was like, when is this going to happen? And he was like, as early as last month. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I got to know that it was a big issue. So because I tried to talk my way out, I'd come to like Kumasi and... Yeah. I feel that, you know, Kumasi is one of the places that, like, as a young person, and if you have a young family, I mean, I just started my family then. I felt that the lifestyle in Kumasi, it's helpful. It helps you to be able to save money. It's not as stressful as That's being in Accra, yeah. you know. And so I was trying to negotiate my way out. <laughs> no, what but, was written was written. Yeah, so I, I came back to Accra as uh, the deputy general manager. And along the line, promoters of our company, that is those who fund us, yeah. were starting another university focused on engineering. Okay. So I was actually yanked out of this place <laughs> to, to work on that project, that project. Okay. Yeah, for okay. like a, almost like a year, I think between March and October 2017, mm. where I worked as a... I work first in the Institutional Alliance office, so we had to go around and find out from industry experts, experts yeah. what they expect from an the engineering grant yeah. and all of that, yeah. and then help you know contribute and shape up the vision of the organization okay. Okay. and how the curriculum, what needs to go into it, and curriculum. all of that. And so I did that. That was quite new to me because I'm not, I mean, yes, I'm a software engineer. I came from a software engineering background, but I'm not like a mechanical engineer or something like that. So, uh, so that part, I kind of enjoyed it because it was entirely, totally new to me. Um, I had to get help from some professors, some PhD holders who work in that area. So sometimes going to speak with them and they sharing their thoughts and all of that was quite fascinating, mm. you know. Um, so I did that. My stay there was coming to an end. Came back into NIT. Um, I think the time we had our business head who was also exiting. So I came back in and, you know, I was assigned a role to be the business head and happened to be the first person who was also nominated as a director for the company. Yeah. Wow. That's, so that has been the journey. It's It's been <laughs> a very interesting journey for you and along you know along those lines I was you know kind of aware of some of the progress you know some of the changes which is interesting because of someone who doesn't know didn't know well that is how Yao became Yao uh, today let, let me take you back a bit you know you mentioned that you know you started working right after high school what high school did you attend I mean for the benefit of those attending that high school to know that we can also become like Yao well, um, it's the only school in Ghana, actually. Here we go again. Here we go again. It's the only school. Uh, Here we go again. Opokuari School. Okay. Yeah. So, and guess what I studied in high school? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> I studied at Greek. <laughs> well, well, well. The farmer becomes a director. Well, it... It's not surprising because a couple of, you know, I mean, from experiences, a couple of people I've encountered or interviewed also came from, you know, separate or no tech backgrounds. Yeah. So it's not new. And that's, that's what we're trying to project to say that it doesn't matter where you start from. It doesn't matter, you know, what, what you're doing now. There is always an opportunity for you in technology. That's, that's powerful. Well, for me, um, back in secondary school, my, my nickname, you know, uh, my <laughs> AKA at the time was the computer boy because okay. I've had a taste of computing, mm. which was basically just Microsoft Paint mm. and typing, mm. you know. So I actually had to learn how to type because at the time, that was the only thing that I was taught. <laughs> so ah. um, that's what I learned before going to secondary school. school. Yeah. And so back in secondary school, I, because I've been exposed a little bit to computing, I had the love for it. Right, yeah. And so most of the time, you'll find me in a computer lab. Yeah, yeah. And because the lab master got to know, shall we do things? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so we had a geography teacher uh-huh. who was yeah. coming up with his book. Mm. And um, I was actually the guy oh. who the lab master got to draw so I drew the whole world map in Microsoft Paint. Wow. And then drew 
all the things that geography master That's wanted in terms of the contours and stuff like everything, that. everything in paint. Using the mouse? Yes. The mouse and paint? Yes. yes. Wow. And when the book was released, my name was not put in the acknowledgement. <laughs> That's, All the work. That's secondary school masters for you. All the work. No, at least they should. At least they should appreciate you. The science, the computer lab masters name was there. Ah, I was missing. So, mm. well, because um, he was my boss. So whatever I did, I did it for him. I, I don't remember his name now, but yeah, you know, backing. So talking about backing high school, something funny also happened to me. A similar thing. So when I got to high school. Um, I was also doing, I was already doing computer stuff before I got to high school. So they got to know. So at some point when I was um, in first year, I was like a fresher. I started teaching some computer lessons. And when I got to the sophomore, the second year, I started teaching first years, my mate, and the form threes for the seniors. Actually, I had some seniors who just didn't like me for the fact that, look at this small boy who's teaching me computer. <laughs> Actually, our seniors punished me. But you know the irony? You know, fast forward in life, when I started teaching at NIT, some of those seniors were in my classes <laughs> here at NIT. <laughs> That's interesting. That's, at that time, at that time, they have to come and punish you again. Oh well, well you know, I, I, you know, I told them in their faces. Well, you pay for it if you like. Walk out. I mean, that's none of my business. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. that's interesting. Um, I was going to ask when you you know when you alluded to the fact that you had a taste of of technology. I wanted to ask like, how did you get in contact with it? Like the paint, was it that you had a computer at home? What was your first encounter with technology that you know sparked that interest? Um, I tell people that probably if I had not gotten into computing, I would have maybe become an artist. Mm. Because I actually loved to draw at the time. My parents didn't quite catch the vision because my parents are, you know, old. They are from the old school that they taught, you know, either you become a medical doctor or you become, you know, an engineer or something like that. So even my agric I did in Opokuare came with chemistry, physics and agriculture, you know. So it was difficult. And so when I got introduced to computing, or computers at the time. It was just to teach me how to type. And this was my foster dad, Reverend Ai, and the wife were taking their kids to these computer classes. Ah. And because I was living with them, you know, they were very generous not to leave me out and, you know, get me also to go and have to, you know, yeah. the training. And so we basically just went to learn how to type. You know, and so after that, then the next lesson they introduced us to was Microsoft Paint. Paint yeah. So, cool. yeah, so I did not, I mean, now we teach people Word, Excel, and all of that. I didn't have that fun. <laughs> so, Microsoft Paint became the thing where I could express myself. So, I used to draw a lot of like these African summer hearts and all that, yeah. And then put in the grass and put, you know, the sun, sun and all. So. Yeah. So, I used to do that. <laughs> Quite a lot. And so that's where um, a lot of the awareness came, came from. And yeah. so my first email was when I went to, you know, secondary school. And then um, the computer lab had Nescape. I think Nescape was the browser. Browser, yeah. And once in a while, you may get internet connection. And it used to be so slow. Dial-up. But... At least you got something. So <laughs> I think that was the first time I created an email address, if mm. I'm not mistaken. I don't remember what email address I created, mm. but I remember I you think had a, I had an, an email. email address. Yeah, yeah. And so basically that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. So at least we, we have an idea of you know your your growing up, schooling and what were some of the challenges? you know, whilst you were schooling, like, so, and this is in respect to tech, because after Pokemon, you came to NIT, I know you did something in Malaysia some time yeah. back. Um, what was the challenge when you were going through those programs? One of my biggest challenge was financial. So, in fact, NIT was a cousin of mine telling me about it, that, oh, they, this school around Seiko, he used to be at Akrapoli. And he's like, I don't know what route used to take him through this side of town. Mm. 
But he was like, whenever I'm going past the place, the way I see the students come out and all, they really look cool, you know. So um, I think that, you know, you can check that school out. So the first day I walked into NIT to come and do an inquiry to find out about the programs and all. And so, you know, the academic counselor spoke to me at length, explained the program and everything. And then when it came to the fee, yeah. in fact, I walked out because, <laughs> and I didn't fill the form, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, so you, we still practice the same thing. The um, application form you fill is for free. Yeah. And I insisted that I won't fail it. And I recall the lady saying that, look, the form is for free. You know, it's just to help us to know you. And when yeah. you come back, you wouldn't have to go through all this lengthy process anymore. But I was like, nope. Um, I don't think that I can afford this yeah. school. Because the fee at the time, I don't quite remember. Um, yeah, it was I think it was pricey. around, yeah. yeah, I think at the time when I came to NIT, it was around 400 Ghana cities. Or four million then, yeah. and I've not even had one million mentioned in my house before. So I was wondering how I'm going to afford <laughs> four of that yeah, for a semester, yeah, yeah. you know. So I actually walked out. I didn't fill the form. I didn't insist there, but I, I left. So I went home and I had mentioned it, but I knew in my mind that this place is a no no because there's no way I can, you know, my parents can afford this. So a couple of months later. Then I was still living with my cousin and the husband. That's my foster dad. And a couple of months later, I was told that, hey, we spoke to your parents about it. And they said that, okay, if it's computing you want to go in for, they'll try and help pay for it. Wow. You know? So that's for me, that's how it happened. I got into it. Yeah. Um, when I started college, so I did part of my college studies in, um, so my college is originally from, Melbourne, Australia. Okay. But I started off um, the first few years at Gimpa because the college had a partnership, partnership with Gimpa. Okay. And when I started also, it was the same hustle. So when I enrolled for the degree, so whilst I was in NIT, I was always hoping for an opportunity one day to still go and pursue a degree in yeah. computing. Yeah. And so when I enrolled for my degree in computer science, first started from Gimpa, I couldn't pay the fee. <laughs> so I remember I went to the finance department mm. to go and negotiate with them mm. that I'm paying the fees by myself, though my mother was helping me to pay. Yeah. And that um, I can't afford to pay, I've forgotten how much it was then, but I can't afford to pay everything up front. Up front yeah. And so I assured them that every month we're going to pay, pay something, something later. Yeah. But before the semester ends, before sure. we write the end of semester exams, I'll be through with the payment. So they granted me that. Wow. And um, so that's how, you know, we managed to pay the fee. And I remember there was a time when I'd just been served with a letter of dismissal because I was unable to pay my fees. <laughs> and so I went to the finance and I was like, oh, I just got this letter, but I thought I came in here and we to had explain, an agreement yeah. and all of that. And to my surprise, that very evening, there is um, a lady um, who worked, an elderly woman who worked with my mom. So my mother is a nurse by training. And there is this lady from Scotland who had worked with my mom for some time and had moved back. And she was also very instrumental in teaching me English. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) she had gone back and then she, that very evening, has phoned my mom to inform her that she was sending some money to help with my fees. The very day I got a letter that wow. I was going to be dismissed. You know? That's that's yeah. amazing. So for me, the biggest challenge was 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 finance, finance. trying to finance. you know pay. I was eager to learn yeah. and to learn more, but that resource to help me to advance was the challenge. But I'm glad it, it worked because um, those I spoke to gave me the opportunity that, okay, you can pay in bits on a monthly yeah. basis and then to be able to find your way through. When we got into third year, when I needed to move to Australia, I couldn't make the journey because, so I had applied for the visa and everything. And at the time, the Australian embassy, I don't know whether it's changed now, but the Australian embassy... Is it Nigeria? No, oh. it was in Kenya. Kenya. Because the Australian wow. embassy in Ghana was only responsible for... 
refugees and something. Oh, okay. And so if it's for any other purpose like visit, education, whatever, you needed to apply through the Kenyan office. Wow. The Australian of, um, embassy in Kenya. So I had to courier all my stuff there. To Kenya. And then the embassy wrote back to say, one, they required me to have taken an English exam, IELTS. Yeah. Uh, International English Language Testing System. Yeah. I still yeah. remember the I, name. I personally despise it. <laughs> Which they said I've not taken, so they were going to refuse me the visa. And then the second condition was that I didn't have enough money to pay for my fees in Australia. And so I wrote to the school that this is what the embassy is saying, but I've been your student for the past three yeah. years, you yeah. know. And so I'm surprised that I will still have to take an English exam. Yeah. So the embassy, the college wrote to the embassy and the embassy was willing to waive the English, the English mm. but there was still an issue with the fees. how do you yeah. pay, you know. So it was someone, one of the program coordinators, uh, Michael Harris, mm. who reached out and said, that was several months later, reached out and said, hey, we have another campus in Malaysia. Okay. So comparatively, going to Malaysia will be cheaper, cheaper than coming than to Australia. Australia. And we have another campus in Vietnam, mm. you know. <clears throat> so yeah. at the time, I was torn between Vietnam and Malaysia. And I remember the Vietnam War. There was a movie. Yeah. So I was like, Vietnam, from the Vietnam War, I'm not too sure how the country <laughs> will to, look like. You want to go to Vietnam. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. that's what took me to Malaysia. But later on, I realized that, oh, Vietnam is not that bad. But, you know? yeah. I mean, it's changed, <laughs> yeah. you know. But so that's that's what took me to Malaysia to complete my computer science degree. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, we're still discovering and learning a lot about Yao yeah, Mwating, uh, trying to get a director of NIT. For those of you who don't know NIT, NIT is um, I would say it's the only. <laughs> I can also say that it's the only technology, you know, practical technology institute, you know, in the country. Of course, yes, I'm an alumni of NIT myself. I learned here. Uh, I studied here, and I taught here as well. So. Yeah so, yeah, so you know, we have a common history. I oh, also studied here and I taught here. You see? <laughs> and I can tell you, it, it's amazing that if you look out there, a lot of the tech guys that are doing crazy stuff yeah. in the country, yeah. some way, somehow, came through yeah, NIT. Came to NIT. They have a connection. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, Alfred, I know you've been running away from this interview, but you are one of them. I'm coming for you. I know you've been listening. So and then also you. had something to do with NIT. NIT, yes. Um, well, yeah. Sally NIT Boham, is Farida. NIT yeah. is the ish, you know. Anyway, let's get <laughs> back to it. So with all this technology and, you know, being associated with it, how has that influenced your life? And how are you able to balance, you know, all this with, with family or social? For me, the life has just revolved around technology. I must say that it's really given me a lot of opportunities. It's the reason why I still try as much as possible to stay core to tech. Although you may, if you're in the external picture, you may see it as, okay, he's a director, so it's more of business and all of that. That is part of my, I mean, my role. I'm supposed to look into the company doing well. Yeah. The core of my interest is tech. <laughs> so I still get myself dirty. I roll up the sleeves and, you know, uh, give a deep dive when yep. necessary. So I, I try to stay true as much as possible. I, in fact, recently there was a challenge in my office. So I started learning Python. Um, to try and get good at it and I was supposed to finish it within a month you know to try and you know solve that problem solve yeah. I mean no like challenge that some of my faculties yeah. that you know we you can, can do all, it, we yeah. can do something so I try as much as possible to stay in that and I think that is because of the love and the passion for it so it doesn't really weigh on me it doesn't become boring mm. I still like to fidget with all those tech staff so you remember you brought me the, yeah, uh, the Alexa. Amazon uh, yeah. Alexa, the Echo yeah. device. Yeah. I so you know, I think it's something with a lot of the tech guys where <laughs> we end up spending money buying these toys, you know, and then spend the whole night trying to configure yeah. it and yeah. set it up. And yeah. if it's not done, we are not going to bed. Yeah. You know, I still stay in that mood. I like to listen to and watch, like listen to podcasts. I like to watch a lot of tech-related, you know. Videos. videos I do photography, you know, so I spend sometimes my leisure time 
doing that. But I think it's because of the love and the passion for it. That's what keeps, you know, keep the drive going. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so at least we know that you've answered the question about your hobbies and activities, which is, you know, photography and all that. But what inspires you? Ooh. <laughs> People. Elaborate. So I think that, and this is my candid belief, that all the things that we seek to do, especially people in tech, if it doesn't influence someone's life, if it doesn't have an impact, if it doesn't make someone to be able to live a little comfort, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't provide some form of support to somebody, then probably we are missing the point, you know. And so for me, I always look out for what can be made better. Mm. What can we improve on? What can be done differently? You know, and that is what inspires me. And it's also one of the main reasons why I've stayed in this space for that long. Because I've seen the transformation in my own life. And I've seen the transformation in the lives of a number of people who have come through the doors of NIT. We've trained close to 100,000 people. And when I step out there, most offices in Ghana that has something to do with technology, you end up finding somebody who was once upon a time in NIT. And so for me, that that is the inspiration. That's that's actually very very powerful, um, and I, I share the same in the same feeling. Because sometimes I remember, I think last year or last few years, I was at the airport and I was traveling to the state, and I got to the immigration and you know had to hand over my passport for them to check out. And, and this guy just once I got there, the guy was the officer was smiling. Okay, and, and I just thought it was just this regular, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been told smile to people. And I was like, Mr. S- Mr. Sam, right? I said, yeah. How do I, like, is it from my passport? I said, no. You taught me at NIT. I said, wow. Really? I said, yeah. <laughs> told me your databases, you know, at NIT. And I, I've been following you. I, I, I usually see you, you know, go and come, go and come. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a fact that everything in our lives should be, you know, affecting the lives of people. And yeah. exactly that's what this whole podcast is about. We want to share people's stories to encourage and affect people to know that look it doesn't matter where you're coming from it doesn't matter what you do there is always you know an opportunity for you to go so let's talk about how you learn stuff okay you like fidgeting you like doing what how do you go about learning something new i would say that the biggest part of learning or a number of things especially if you're in the tech space it's the kind of foundation that you have or you built and it's the reason why, till now, one of my favorite subjects that I teach, occasionally I go to class to mm. teach. I don't do that quite often now, but I like to engage. And it's the reason why I'm in a lot of, I'm involved in a lot of the tech communities, communities in Ghana. Yeah. My favorite mm. subject is programming logics and technique. The reason being that if you are able to get, especially if you're going in the area of software, mm-hmm. uh, you know, software engineering, application design and stuff like that. From the kind of background I came from, the core, the foundation is very critical because yeah. I believe that if you get it right, it doesn't matter what you slap on it later mm. on. Mm. Mm. You'll be good to go. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for the kind of foundation that I built you know, several years ago. And that helped with my learning currently. You come across stuff that are quite challenging. Mm. And I don't know why it is like that with a good number of the guys in tech. I mean, if I say guys, meaning both gents and ladies. The things that are tough is what sometimes we want to venture into and try and discover, right? And (laughs) so one of the things that really help me when I'm learning stuff is because of the foundation that I have. So like when I took to Python, for example, variables, creating a variable, initializing things, it doesn't become a new thing Thing to to you you. because you are familiar with it. And so you look at it and you're like, oh, okay, so this is how we used to do this thing in Java. So this Mm. is how it is done in this language. Oh, this is how we used to do this in, um, you know, C++. So, okay, so this is how you do it yeah. here. Things like your if, else, your looping construct and, all that, and yeah. all that. So I see it as usually when I'm training like very 
beginners, I say that it is a language. Mm-hmm. That's why we call it programming, programming. language. And so the way you say something in English will be different from how it is said in French. French yeah. But you know what you want to say. Yeah. So it's about discovering how is it done mm-hmm. in this language. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But if you don't have the foundation, mm. then it's a non-starter, right? Because <laughs> you don't know what to say. So exactly. how are you going you to say it in a different exactly. language? Exactly. Yeah. So... That is what helps me to learn. And I think that also the curious mind. Mm. I like to try and find out why something is, you know, is the way it is. It's yeah. the way it, it is or it exists. Mm. And I remember back then when we used to, even now with Visual Studio, yeah. I think you and I had a conversation and I was like, yeah. we are using Visual Studio mm. and we are using it to develop applications for others to use. Yeah. And we say that we are developers and they are end users. Mm-hmm. But the Visual Studio you are using was also developed by somebody, you know. And yeah. so, us as developers to that person, yeah, we are also, also end users. users. Yeah. So, I'm curious to find out. So, those guys who sit at the uh, other yeah. side, what really goes through their mind, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's things like that that, that drive me to want to, to learn and mm. then, you know, be quite curious about, about yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's quite a common trend, you know, that you find in almost all. Or software engineers or people in tech who are really in tech, the passion is there, the enthusiasm is there, and they always want to learn something you yeah. know new. That's awesome. So, currently, are you following any particular trend in tech? Like, is there something that is piquing your interest in the in the tech ecosystem? Yes, um, there is something that I mentioned some years back, and it's interesting to see it happening now. Because I recall some years back, I used to say that the analogy I just gave, the people who develop things like Visual Studio, Microsoft Office, and yeah. the like. And I used to say that a time may come where things may just happen to be plug and play. And yeah. I was getting this idea from VB, mm-hmm. you know, where in Java at the time, it was hard to even create a button. You know, oh. And get, <laughs> oh my god! You know, I mean, and you had to use the the coordinates to oh. position it, and all before um, um, eclipse and eclipse the and the rest came in. You know, yeah. So I used to think that a time may come where a lot of the things may just be you having the business concept or the the business flow, how you want yeah. things to be done, and the rest of it may just be drag and drop and, drop and, and you know you're formulating yeah. stuff and we've seen a good number of it happening now with all these bots, bots um, yeah. Yeah. you know uh, Microsoft Attic and I just talked, released their power virtual agents yeah. there is a lot of insights yeah. happening that you know it does a lot of the analysis behind the, and scenes, behind the yeah. scene and it gives you the yeah. presentation yeah. right so that for me it's like whoops so this thing is finally, you know, getting, ca- there. getting yeah. there, is catching on. But my curious mind still tells me that, okay, so all these things that we are using and it's becoming the new trend, there are some people producing it. Yeah. So those people, how who are they, they and how right? are they getting <laughs> these things done? You know, so yeah. it's that side yeah. of me that yeah. whenever I'm using these tools, I'm still thinking that how will it be like if you're on the other side? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I won't spoil it for you, but all I can say is from my experience, I mean, they are also just developers like we are. The only thing is that they are privileged to work on the tools yep. for us to use. Yep. But I also believe it's, it's in the interest of the developer because um, I know people who are just comfortable with, well, I just want to use the tools to produce my set of, you know, software or, yeah. or, or features yeah. and there are people that are like no i also want to be interested in creating the tools so yeah well i won't give it off but myself and another colleague we are coming up with a show that is supposed to go that way oh, i see oh, that's <laughs> awesome yeah because um well we can't have everybody yeah being the same way exactly right yeah. so these tools and these new concepts that are coming up for me it's interesting because it is something that i've mentioned several years ago and you thought that well it may happen like maybe 
in the life of maybe my children or grandchildren, mm, grandchildren and then yeah. just to see it happening, happening. It's, 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 it's exciting and mm-hmm. um, that it's also very helpful because sometimes you want to be able to get something done as quickly as possible yeah. and without you going through some of the real core stuff like we used to do yeah. some time ago yeah. And so these are very helpful, you know. And so I agree. There are those who are producing these and there are those who are also using so these then, to yeah. produce other, other things yeah. for, you know, yeah, for others us. to use. So, yeah. yeah, it's exciting. Amazing. Let's talk about, let's talk about Africa for a while. Sure. I mean, we are we're in Ghana, we are in Africa, and it seems there is a lot of work to be done, I mean, in my opinion. But what's... What's your big picture for Africa? Like, how do you, you picture Africa, let's say, in the next five to ten years? I think that we're going to have a lot of the tech companies globally moving into Africa um, because we have the youngest population. We have people who are very passionate and vibrant. Mm. Not to say the other continents don't have it, but here speaking specifically for Africa. And I think that... Looking at the rate at which we are adopting technology, technology is what will actually cut through the you know the chains for us because that will help us be able to live frog. And to say that we miss the industrial industrial age, yeah. I think that this time technology could be what would actually help us to get sure. there. Yeah. One of the things that I recommend we pay attention to and focus a lot more on is really teaching people how to solve problems, you know. Mm. I think I recently saw an article, I've forgotten where or who the publisher was, but it was something to the effect that Ghana has the fastest growing software engineering population Mm. in Africa, which is good. Um, There are a lot of tech and coding Coding stuff stuff happening around. But I think that... One of the key things, perhaps from my point of view, we might be we may be missing in the link is not just teaching people how to code, mm. but teaching people first how to solve a solve problem. problem. You know, understanding of the problem, yeah, and coming up with so innovative solutions. Yeah. You know, then the technology becomes the enabler. Mm-hmm. that help us be able to deliver the solution. Because yes, yeah. otherwise, it may become like teaching a subject in school where people feel, let's just take this subject mm-hmm. yeah. and then pass and it and go away. On, yeah. You know? yeah. So I think that for me, in the bigger picture, we need to be paying more attention to teaching people how yeah. to solve a problem. Because yeah. sometimes you encounter something and the solution you need is Microsoft Excel. Yeah, you don't need to and you don't need to here. build anything with AI and right. ML yeah, somewhere and all of that. Yeah. You know? yeah, so if you really understand the problem and you're able to come up with mm. a workable solution, then we begin to look at okay, what is the best tool yeah. that will help us be able to deliver no, this solution? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's a very that's a very very valid valid point. So, is there any you know? tech startup or you know tech in company that you are you're looking at that if you had the opportunity you would invest in Ooh, okay definitely for sure there is ego ticket okay our own alfred yes yes um ego ticket i think that you know it's a company to keep an eye on the event space in africa it's growing, growing. you know and yeah. if you take Ghana alone like this season year of return there'll be a lot oh, happening yeah. yeah you know yeah. around town people may be selling tickets and all that and ego ticket it's the platform where you can actually you know um, yeah. put your event and you know just get people to just buy the tickets using all the various payment gateways we have in yeah. the country like mobile money card blah 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 so it's one of the companies that startups that I'm really rooting for you know that uh, yeah um, and then there is Crado. Mm. So Crado by um, Kafui. Um, okay. So they are also looking into the space of helping professionals in the tech or around tech, you know, to be able to streamline their goals, their agenda, their vision, 
you know, uh, I think there's a company, I've not read much about them, but I saw, um, I don't know if it's originally from Ghana, called CodeLearn, mm. you know, and what what I read about them basically is that they, um, they help people in tech. Mm. Basically, they are like a recruiting firm for people in tech. Oh, okay. Where they help validate your skill like and all that. And, all yeah, that. and okay. then, you know, we'll place be able you. to place you. Okay. Um, I think, so, Crado, it's in a space like Codeland. Codeland, okay. You know, mm. um, these are the three that readily come to mind. In terms of fintech, Express Pay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I I actually give it to Express Pay as in a company that if I had the means, um, like tomorrow I wake up and I'm like, Jack Ma, <laughs> you know, I can't. I can you can go put to, like some million yeah. dollars into the Yeah. <laughs> I'll give Curtis a ring and say, yeah. hey, you know, mm. can we do something? Something. Yeah. Something amazing with um, Express Pay. Yeah. yeah. Because their payments are. Uh, you know, are solid. Yeah. And uh, before the Bank of Ghana came up with all these integration yeah. for you to be able to pay mobile money across that the various yeah. networks, um, Express Pay was already doing, doing that. that. You know, yeah. I could send money from um, Express Pay to yeah. um, from your bank card to another yeah. mobile money or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. at least these four. So. Ego tickets, Crado, Crado Codeland, Codeland, Express B. Codeland, like I said, I'm not sure whether it's its origin is from Ghana. Ghana. Okay. Yeah, that, that I'm not sure. I need to check on that. Yeah. Okay. But Crado awesome. and uh, Express B and um, uh, Ego tickets. E- Ego tickets. They I know are native, yeah. um, you know, Ghanaian startups, yeah. and they are doing well. <laughs> Amazing. So that's that's like all we have for the African talk. We've got to the point in our in our podcast which we call the mystery fan questing you know you give me a number between 1 to 15 there are questings associated with it oh so based on the question on the number you pick you know i would ask you the question and you're obliged to answer honestly so between 1 and 15 inclusive what would that number be and 1 and why? 15 yes 1 and 15 and wow. and why and why yes i'll pick 12 right so those will be from high school <laughs> That's why I say it's the only school in Ghana. So my high school... Your number... Doesn't use... When we're in high school, yeah. we were not using names yes. as my name, Yao. Yeah. I had a school number. Um, I think we told that the story is the first headmaster of the school mm-hmm. happened to be a military oh. person. And because... Numbers, I think yeah. somehow the military tend to use numbers. numbers. Yeah. So he introduced this concept. I hope I'm right. But we're told that the first headmaster introduced it. And so in Opokuari school, when you get admission, mm-hmm. you are given a school number. Mm-hmm. And the number becomes your name on oh, campus. Oh. So a lot of my mates now, when I meet them, I don't know their real name. But you know their numbers. But I know their school numbers. And it worked well because... And if I explain, you understand the reason behind it. So, like, when I went to mm-hmm. school, my number was AY12. AY. AY. AY12. Yes. Okay. The seniors we went to meet, mm-hmm. the Form 3s, mm-hmm. were AWs. Okay. Because from W, you go to X before yeah. you come to Y. So, yeah. I was in year one. Mm-hmm. Year twos were AX. Mm-hmm. Year threes were AW. A- okay. Yeah. So, once you hear the number, you know, ah, it's a year three mm-hmm. student okay. or okay. a year two student okay. or a year one student. Okay. Now, the numbers also determine which house you went to. Mm. So, if you have one, I think ones were in St. John. Mm. Twos were in St. Matthew. Okay. Threes were in St. Mark. And okay. it goes on and on and that on way, all yeah. the way to nine. Okay. I think the nines were in St. Andrew. So, you see, with the name... Get to know the AY12, year. you get to know that I was a Form 1 student mm-hmm. of St. Matthew House. Street, bingo. You come, you'll find me. Wow. 
And there'll be no confusion that, oh, there are too many yaws on campus, so which of the yaws we are talking about, you know? Well, so that's why I picked 12. For those of us who didn't go to that school, um, that is a little history for us to yep. keep it <laughs> Anyway, so uh, they skipped some alphabet along the line. I don't know the reason why. So like when we left, mm. uh, we had AZ, mm. and we thought from that it was going to go to BA, BB. Yeah, yeah. But BA and BB when skipped, it went straight to BC. I don't know what Why? the history or the story yeah. behind that is, but yeah. It is for them, the alumni of their school <laughs> to find out. Others, when we want to know, question number 12 on the mystery fund question for you. So this is the question. When you do something positive or helpful to others, do you prefer private recognition or public praise? Oh, Private. Any reason why? Well, it depends on what it is that I did. But sometimes I feel like I did it for the person because I really wanted to. Mm. And not because I want to be seen or praised for it. Mm-hmm. So the acknowledgement from the person, it's enough. I won't prevent people from taking it public. But sometimes I feel that depending on, again, it depends on what is at stake. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, let's say, assuming you needed some help. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like going public, yes, it's like the praise come yeah. to me. But I also feel like, well, you were the one who needed the help, help and yeah. I did it. So, so in a way, you're also letting people know that, okay, you were in this situation. situation and, okay. You know. And so, as much as possible, I'm not sure whether I'm very active on social media. I try, <laughs> but as much as possible, things that I do, which is like offering assistance, yeah. support, I try as much as possible to keep, keep it that way and keep yeah. it private. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's good to know. Now, on your opinion, okay, on the show, another section for your opinion. I'm going to ask you one opinionated question. It's debatable, but you know, it's your opinion <laughs> on that subject. So, in today's episode, I want to ask you, should African governments have dedicated IT establishments? Can you explain that? What do you mean by dedicated IT establishments? So, let's say, let's take Ghana, for example, because yeah. we're in Ghana right now. Do you think that Ghana government should have a dedicated department or ministry purposely responsible for developing all the IT infrastructure for the, for the, for the country? No. Uh, well, government have parts of that already, mm-hmm. right? So if you take Ghana, if you take the NCA, mm-hmm. which is the National Communication Authority, mm-hmm. uh, I know a few folks in there, like, yeah, IT guys, yeah. right? No, but, that regulating is, but that is here. Yeah, that's like a regulatory body. But, yeah, but, but they, they have IT guys yeah, in there. Yeah, but we're talking of, we're talking of, let's say, the way you have NCA that is re- regulating communication, we're talking about like IT, which is like the backbone for the country. Yeah, there's also NITA, National Information Technology Agency. What is their role? Is it Fox now? <laughs> yeah, Excuse NITA. me, but I mean... It, NITA it, is very functional. NITA is. Uh, really? Because yeah. I've, heard, I've heard some stories about NITA that's not... NITA NITA is functional. I'm told that I think all the .gov.gh subdomains are handled by NITA. Yeah, it's just ICANN. But apart from that, like, so NITA comes under the Ministry of Communication. Okay. Not Information. Ministry of Communication. communication. Which NCA, you know, is also part of. Okay. And NITA does stuff. It is your your opinion, but... Yeah. So along the line, some... Two years back, there was an issue with the school placement I system. I remember. I had come to Ghana then. Okay. So there was an issue with the school placement mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. where, you know, so the school placement system in Ghana is mm-hmm. if you finish high school. Uh, no? Junior no, high. If you finish junior, junior high, high and you're going, going to, to high, senior, senior high, high school. Yeah. So the school placement system, it's what takes your results and they have an algorithm, mm. you know, that maybe now in modern cliche would have said some machine learning in there. That is, that is another topic <laughs> for discussion. That help calculating your grade and then placing you into a high school based on your grade and based on the preferences that you provided. And so there was a major issue with the school yes. placement. People were trying it, it wasn't working and all of that. I recall there was an announcement of a second URL that was released by mm-hmm. the Ministry of Education for parents and people to use that to check their, the schools yeah. they have been placed. And that second one, I'm told, 
was coming from Nita. Nita has the infrastructure. They have a pretty decent expertise. Okay. I don't know which area okay. they are all specialized in, mm. but I know that they are they are doing some work okay. related to what we are talking about. Like I said, it's your opinion. It's very debatable. <laughs> if we want to go into that debate, I'm not sure <laughs> we're going to finish today's episode of the podcast, but we can guarantee you guys that we're coming up with another program, the African Tech Round Roundtable. And these are some of the topics we'll be talking about because they are very debatable. Yeah. Uh, there is there is the issue of um, having all the equipment, having all the decent infrastructure. Yeah, that and that, then that, that I know, don't I don't ascribe to and, that and, government have to build everything. Sometimes you are better off letting the private, private sector, sector handle it. Okay. Yeah. Well. So well, that's his opinion. His opinion is government private sector partnership should also you know matter yeah. so in closing for today's episode of control escape on the journey series what will be your advice what will be your advice to people coming in and then if you have any technology tools you know or resources you're using if you have any project you're working on any communities you are involved with this is a time just you know throw it out there for like, you know the upcoming ones to know how to get into it what to do and things to try out i, I would say that if you are if you are looking to get into tech, your passion and willingness to learn mm. the new stuff is key. Otherwise, it would easily get boring. But if you are curious and interested in you know, discovering new things, then that's where the fun part is because there's a lot out there you know, that you can actually get to learn and you can get to experiment with. Get Fortunately for us now, there are a lot of tech communities in Ghana now mm. compared to a few years back. So probably align yourself with a couple of the tech communities. I know a good number of them have areas where they pay attention to. So depending on what aligns with your interest and your passion, you know, you may want to attend these tech meetups to, to learn more and also to get to know people in the space, uh, especially if you are looking to have someone to be a mentor to you. It's good that you are able to find common ground, you know, so you know that, okay, this person is also associated to this meetup or this community, you know, and so that's how you get to meet some of these people, right? And so get your foundation right. right. I know there are a lot of tools out there now that help all of us to be able to do things very quickly and, you know, efficient. It's good. I have nothing against any of those things. But it's always important yeah. that you have that core foundation built right. Once you have your foundation solid, when you are moving in into any space in technology, the foundation then becomes helpful because you understand it a lot better. Is what I, I just give this common analogy that the reason why when you go to the driving school, Mm-hmm. They don't just put you in the car and you get on the road and you start driving. They spend some time to teach you about the engine and how it works. Mm-hmm. Part of the engine, they show you what is what the fan belt is, where your engine coolant is put. You know, they show you a bit of these things. But what is your ultimate goal? To drive the car, right? But they show you some of these things so that when you are in the car, you can picture what is going on in the engine, for example. And if something goes wrong on the road, you will have a fairly good idea of what might have gone wrong. Yeah. You know? And so is a reason why I believe that when you have some foundation, you know, if you want to go into the area of network security or network infrastructure or software engineering or uh, interface design or what have you, try and have some good foundation. Mm. And so when you have that and you are using any of these tools that help you to be able to quickly put things together, you have a better appreciation of what is going on. And sometimes you can go behind the scene mm tweak a little things in the code if you understand and make magic happen you know so that that, that's what I'll say awesome before we conclude dare to pass it on who is the next person you want to see on the show on this show yes oh dear lotto I mean if you were to choose one person as the next in line who would that person be I have two ties okay (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, in shoot. fact, I have uh-huh. three tied at the top. Wow. Okay. Mm. Who are they? So I have for sure mm-hmm. Alfred Rowe. Okay. Adam Kumoji. Okay. Kafu Idori Sivu. Okay. And Farida Bedway. Okay. So I said three at the top, but it's so just like four. four. Yeah, four. Alfred, Adam, Kafui, Farida. Be expecting me at your doors <laughs> in your offices because, well, the challenge has been thrown to you. We want to hear your story. We want to know how you got into it. We want to know so we can encourage others join the ranks of what we do. Well, let me it has just give been. you a tip. Okay. Try and find out when any of them is in town. Okay. We'll scout around and find their houses. Just, just get crashed. Just get crashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I will be gate crashing and door crashing and home crashing on your doors and your homes. Well, it has been another interesting episode on the Jenny series on Control Escape. We have been talking to Nanaya Martin. He is currently the director for NIIT. If you don't know what NIIT is, it's one of it's the only, the only. <laughs> practical technology school in the country. This has been thrilling. It has been interesting. We've learned a lot. Um, and I'm sure that his advice and his you know, counsel would help us get to where we want to get into the tech ecosystem. Don't forget that the podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, uh, Spotify, tuning. Make sure you download, you're listening, and you want to subscribe. Also check out our website on podcast.sadranyu.me and I always welcome your feedback. Hello at sadranyu.me Until next Friday, I leave you with this African proverb. Many hands make work lighter. Many hands make work lighter. So don't be in isolation, you know, huddle up, connect with the community, join your friends, join your peers. And it's going to be easier for us to move technology in the country and on the continent to the destination we want it to be. This has been Control Escape. Until next Friday, this has been your study, Samuel Atrayu.